Hi, I'm Jeremy Nicholas, and this is Moving Voices, the Professional Speaking Association podcast. On the show, I'll be chatting to two world champions of public speaking, Ed Tate and Darren LaCroix, a couple of American champions who've been on a European tour. And there's a Brit on the show too, Anthony Steers, who's a speaker who's fairly new to the PSA. He's known as the Telephone Assassin, and his audiences are always engaged. So let's kick off with Darren LaCroix, a world champion public speaker from the turn of the century. Okay, that was a few years ago, but if anything, he's even better now. Well, Darren's originally from Boston, but now lives in Las Vegas. He has a distinctive shaved head and little round glasses, and although he claims he's not a comedian, he's very funny, and his timing is so good, he could be from Switzerland. Except, like I say, he's funny. I saw Darren speak at the PSA London event and liked him so much that I went to see him again at the PSA Thames Valley event in Reading, mainly to check that he didn't pronounce it Thames. It's been very cool that we've been invited to speak here at PSA. Tonight we're at Thames Valley, but we've spoken at London, Cardiff. Um, You've got a tall t-shirt. Tour t-shirts. Well, yeah. we thought, why not make it fun? Yeah. You know, you're a, you're a funny guy. Thank you very much. We, I love your sense of humor and, you know, that quick-wittedness. So it was just a silly idea. We thought, how cool would it be, mm. you know, thinking Rockstar. Rockstar has had tour t-shirts when I uh, grew up in the 80s. And I thought it'd be a fun idea. And then I said, well, why not? So we made it. And what we did is we gave it away as a gift to each of the uh, event planners who brought us in. So it was just a fun way to kind of take what we were doing and encapsulate it into an idea. Mm. And I also put it at the front end of my YouTube videos about the tour. I watched your video, and it, I don't know how quickly you edit those, but I, I watched it Saturday night, I think, and I was in it. Yes, yes, you were. Do you edit those yourself? I edit those. I love video. I do Fantastic. right on iMovie in my laptop. Excellent. Yeah, I started on iMovie. I do Final Cut Pro now, and you know when you get better, you'll move up to Final Cut. <laughs> I don't want to move up. No. When I create a DVD, I hire a pro to do that yeah. because, as you know, it's a much better program, but it's also much more complicated. It is, yeah. I don't want no. to take the time. Stupid to Stupid people, it. honestly, should stick to iMovie. <laughs> you, you're very wise. Thank you, thank you. I, I'm, that's my brand. I'm building my brand. Yeah. My assistant actually says we got to darren it down. Yeah. The Which, great thing about Final Cut Pro, though, is that you, if, you've, if you've got video and you've got sounds and you record your sound separately, that you can just hit a button and it automatically syncs it together, which is genius. So you can have your camera at the back of the room, wear a little lapel mic down the front, no need for lavaliers, no wireless trouble, anything like that. It's a beautiful thing for geeks. Yeah. But for me as a non-geek, I just don't want to do that. No, I don't want to have to figure enough. it out. But, get, but it is good for, you, for someone who can I get, do that. I get 10% all Apple products. I sell, Perfect. So I'll just keep trying to push that. <laughs> How did you get to be world champion of public speaking? Uh, I was smart enough to go to people who are the best and learn from them. Mm-hmm. One of the things I learned early on that people who are the best think differently. So you've got to have a coach. You've got to have a coach. You've got to have a mentor of some kind. That The biggest thing is that you're willing to open up and be coachable. If you're not coachable, you're done. No one can help you. So the biggest is the the mindset. So like you starting in stand-up, the best thing that I had going for me is I knew that I didn't know. Yeah. So it's no good if someone says do it like that and you go, no, no, I don't do it like that. Exactly. I'll try it like that. Then, and then why would that mentor help you anymore? Hmm. If you're going to buck the advice and not be open to willing to try something, hmm. there's no mentor in the world who's going to give you more time. No, I don't. Hmm. So I actually have this little test. I call it the get the book test. That when people come to me and want to learn how to be funnier, hmm. I say, go get the Judy Carter book, the one that helped me. Comedy Bible. The comedy Bible. And if they won't go get that book, I'm not going to help them. Because they won't do anything else, I suggest.
success because everything else will be harder than going to buy a book. Mm. It's a great book, that actually. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not saying I learned everything I know from it, but certainly 30% of, it, of <laughs> well, my success is wow, down to Wow, well, duty. 30% of your success, yeah. well... 30% of 100, 100 pounds earnings over the years is down to Judy. Now, you obviously are world champions, champion speaking in Toastmasters, and, mm -hmm. uh, and now you're in NSA. Uh, are you in NSA? Yes, yeah, I've been a member of NSA since 95. Right, okay, and, and now you're here with PSA, and, and you've got lots of Toastmasters coming along. Now, these two different organizations I've sometimes thought are, you know, are very different. How have you managed to marriage the two together? Well, I look at, at the beginning, Toastmasters was a place I could work on my skills. Yeah. Uh, I still look at it as a place I can work on new material. Yeah. So they're a great audience, they're conditioned to give feedback. PSA is a place where you earn the business. Yeah. You learn business, you have business mentors. It's a different place. So I get different things from each organization. I'm still a paid member of both. Yeah, so Toastmasters teaches you the speaking things and then the, the speaking business you get from NSA or PSA here. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And how do you find the different audiences when you come here? Because can you tell when you say, oh yeah, they're Toastmasters because they're all warming to some bits and they're, they're PSA or NSA? Uh, I think it really goes back down to people. You know, because I'm still figuring this out myself, how to deal with the UK audience, it's different. But I realize that what I, what I need to do is just open up and be straight and direct and honest. And then people are more forgiving. So I've found them to be great audiences for me once I was willing to stop trying to figure it out yeah. and just be me. And just, just one last thing, how do you find it different having UK audiences to American audiences? Because when I saw you at PSA London, you said things like, I know I'm being a bit too American for you guys. <laughs> what, what did you mean by that? Well, that uh, we've been told, and I've gotten feedback last time I was here, this time, that Americans are too over the top. Yeah, you are, yeah. And one, <laughs> Over the top, over here. Yes. And what, so one of my favorite things is when people say, uh, you're real. You're authentic. Yeah. That's my best, uh, best compliment ever. Yeah. That, and that's I think what separates me from Los most. And I also yeah. get really clear on what's my intent. And my intent is to not sell, but to help people so much that then they want to buy more. Yeah. So if I go in with that intent, people can sense the difference. Yeah. But I wouldn't change anything about you. Because don't try and be a Brit when you come here. Because exactly. we love you because you are American and you are over the top and you do have that funny accent and everything like that. <laughs> I've been working on the accent for yeah. 47 years. But do you have that perception that, that, that we might be a bit stuffy and a bit, you know, uh, prim and proper? It's, yes. Cucumber sandwiches, little finger not, up not in the air, drinking afternoon proper, tea. But uh, you laugh at different things, yeah. but it's okay. And it's my job to connect to you. It's not your job to connect to me. We'll have more from Darren later in the show, and you can find out more about him at darrenlacroix.com. Lacroix is spelled L-A-C-R-O-I-X. You're listening to Moving Voices, the PSA podcast with me, Jeremy Nicholas. The PSA is the Professional Speaking Association of the UK and Ireland. And if you'd like to come along to a meeting, you can find the one closest to you at thepsa.co.uk. We're part of the Global Speakers Federation. It's run by the members for the members. And our mission is to help speakers to speak more and speak better. Well, I first attended a PSA convention back in 2007 when I was the after-dinner speaker at the National Convention. It was a bit daunting doing my routine to an audience entirely of professional speakers, all in black tie, wearing nothing else, just black ties. But they were a lovely bunch, and I've been part of the family ever since. And they were kind enough to make me a fellow back in 2012, which was lovely because up until then I'd been a woman. But seriously though, it's a great uh, tribe to belong to. I'd heartily recommend it. 
Still to come, I'll be talking to another world champion speaker, Ed Tate. But next up, it's Anthony Steers. Now, Anthony has very curly hair, almost like a 70s perm, and a beard, which is bound to come back into fashion soon. Well, I shared a stage with him in South Africa recently, and I'm delighted to have him on the first Moving Voices podcast of the modern era. Anthony is known by the byline, the telephone assassin. Um, because I deliver a lot of talks and workshops around telephone techniques, um, it's a name I've managed to gain for myself simply because I back a lot of these up with live call demonstrations and show people exactly how to implement it into their business. And it is a good name, actually, because when I see you, I don't think, oh, that's Anthony, so I think, oh, that's the telephone assassin. That's exactly the purpose of the brand, so it's working. Yeah. Okay, now speakers are dreadful, aren't they, at using the telephone? They are, which is ironic, considering they speak for a living. Yeah. They would rather send an email. Oh, it's shocking. Mm -hmm. Emails, Facebook, like that. But will they ever ring anyone up and say, can I come and speak for you? Um, some of them actually do, but it takes a lot of uh, courage for them to actually pick up the phone and dial the number. They tend to take the approach of emailing lots of people and hoping for a response. Um, to which their phone often doesn't ring. Mm. So you do loads of stuff, and I, I, I saw you speak in Johannesburg recently, and you were fantastic. I thought it went, went down very well uh, to, to a predominantly foreign audience. But there were a few Brits out there, and everyone warmed to you. I thought you were really good. And you do this whole thing about how we've got these smartphones, and we do everything on them apart from using them as a phone. That's correct, yes. We seem to have lots of apps and gadgets and games on our phones um, and everybody seems to be obsessed with them, checking them every couple of minutes and never leaving, uh, never being without it. Yet many of us get a dry mouth or, or nervous about phoning up a potential client or uh, an existing client even just to give them a bit of bad news or an update and people just seem to be hiding behind their email and social media and... Uh, the best way to engage somebody is to make sure that their phone is engaged and speak to them. And I saw you at a PSA London event on Saturday and you said, oh, I'll give you a ring. And I thought, oh, that's good. He definitely will give me a ring. And it got to Thursday, which is today, and you hadn't given me a ring. I thought, yeah, he, if only, he's, it's like all speakers. He's full of the talk. And then today I came out. I was doing a media training session at Borough Market, came out, switched my phone on, and there's a message from you saying, oh, Jeremy, we must get a date in the diary. And then suddenly I saw you tonight. So you do practice what you preach. Exactly, exactly. I try and speak to everybody at least a week or so after I've met them, if I can. Mm -hmm. um, there was lots of bookers there on Saturday. I knew everybody who would have the guts to pick up the phone and chase them would be doing it on Monday and Tuesday, so I've left it to the end of the week, and it's sort of paid off because one of them's actually reached out to contact me, and after a 45-minute conversation, I'm now not only on his books, um, despite him being mainly around celebrity speakers, which really surprised me, but I'm also helping him with a project that he's looking to do with a slightly different approach to being a bureau. That was, that was very cool to leave it till the Thursday because, like you say, everyone will have rung. Now, I was at that same showcase with the speaker because I'm really cool. I haven't rung any of them yet. How cool <laughs> is that? You're, you're too cool for school, Jeremy. I'll ring him next week and they'll go, sorry, that's so long ago. I can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember who you are. Who you are. You're truly unforgettable. I'm sure you could leave it a month and they'd still remember you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so in, when, when you do your longer sessions... Yes. You do this live call demonstration. Just explain to me what that is, because that sounds very scary and very unpredictable. Um, it is very unpredictable. Um, it is a little bit scary, but after playing some call recordings in one of my sessions, it, I was accused of potentially staging the call. So mm. I decided to call a prospect on this guy's behalf um, and see what happened on loudspeaker on our phone. Um, and after booking an appointment straight away and getting a round of applause, I decided that the 
role plays that most people would expect to have to do on my kind of workshop were replaced with a live call demonstration where I pick up the phone on behalf of their business and I either show them how to avoid rejection, how to get past the gatekeeper, how to perfect your pitch, um, closing more appointments and um, just showing them it really is as simple as picking up the phone and talking to people and not trying to sell to them. Now I haven't seen you do this, so, so you're, you're, you're doing it at an event and, and you say to them, is there someone you'd really like to get yes. through to? Yes, yeah, so for and, example... And then you will do it for them. I will, yes. Yeah. So, for example, in South Africa, there was a, a, a gig that I got for the following day where we had 40 people um, from the financial services sector who typically are quite aggressive when it comes to telemarketing and their approach. Um, I told them that each no is not one step closer to their next yes and that they couldn't afford to burn through their leads and they should take a more strategic um, relationship type approach to phoning mm. and to prove that it would work I called a couple of people live in front of all mm. the four, 40 people so that you were literally there. put it up on the desk and it's loudspeaker yeah. um, they gave me a tiny bit of background about who they were um, and they didn't make it easy for me they phoned people who had already told them to go away um, and I managed to show them how to build rapport and how to start the ball rolling and, and get people to like and trust you. Now that's very impressive, but it's very risky. And you know, a lot of speakers are control freaks. We like to know exactly what we're going to do and we have the same <laughs> lines that we do every time and you know, we've got our PowerPoints and you know, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily like that, but a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. That it could go horribly wrong because in your live demonstration they might go, I thought I told your company last week we're not interested. Well, that's exactly what happened oh. in South Africa. <laughs> right. um, and it was perhaps the worst, what I would consider the worst live call I've ever had because mm. I was battling with somebody who already didn't like us. Um, but to my surprise, it got the lou- loudest, most enthusiastic applause I've ever had for doing a live call demonstration simply because I had the guts to do it. You are right, calls are unpredictable. It's why I don't write scripts because people read them and if you read a script, you distort the flow of a conversation. So all I can do is show people in a live situation how I would promote their business, the attitude towards it, the approach that I would use and uh, show them it really is as simple as I say. There's a structure, there's an approach and there's an attitude. And I think I first saw you at a PSA event here in Reading. Was it maybe you, sometime last year? So you're quite new to the organisation. How are you finding I, it? I am very new. You were here on my very first visit. Um, and you're you, one you of the actually, first people that you ever spoke to. You were. You were actually mm. the third person the that third, I spoke right. to while I was here. Um, and then we hovered by the uh, buffet uh, at, at the break together and I tried to pick your brains a bit and I'd heard a few things about you in the room. But the PSA has been very kind to me. Um, I've made an effort to get on the radar of some very well-respected speakers that do a similar thing to me. Um, I was encouraged to go to PSA Mega, where it turns out I met Mr. Michael Jackson, who invited me out to South Africa, where I saw you again. Um, From there, I've joined a mastermind group with some people who I approached for some coaching and realized I couldn't afford. Um, (laughs) And uh, I even, and you're included in that, I asked to join your mastermind group Mm. and you looked at me as if to go telephone assassin who? Sorry, we're uh, we're full, our group. I didn't do it, I just, we we were full. (laughs) Yes, no, you were. However, I took the time to talk to you and Mm. try and get as much from you as I could in the most respectful way that I could. Mm. Um, You offered to meet up and have a chat. We've had a couple of phone calls since. Mm. And last Saturday, you gave me a signed copy of your book. 
Um, you <laughs> congratulated me on my performances on both Saturday of last week and South Africa again, which means a lot coming from somebody with your experience. And I'm now stood here doing an interview with you right now. Fantastic. How exciting. And now that I know that you might be useful to me, you might be allowed in the mastermind group. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're still full. <laughs> um, Anthony Steers, Telephone Assassin, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. And you can find out more about Anthony Steers at thetelephoneassassin.co.uk. At the Professional Speaking Association, we have two national conventions a year. There's the big one in October and the smaller one, which is in a couple of weeks' time on April the 12th at the Victory Services Club at Marble Arch in central London. If you want to come along as a guest, all the information you need is on thepsa.co.uk in the events section. It's called Fusion Live because fusion and collaboration is the theme of our two joint presidents, Jane Gunn and Ailey Milnes, and I'll be chatting to Jane and Ailey at the event on the next podcast. The Victory Services Club is a famous old venue where the Queen and Winston Churchill have both spoken on the stage. Neither of them will be there on April the 12th, but you will have a chance to hear some great speakers. Peter Thompson will be giving us tips on creating products like books, CDs and videos. Linda Shaw will show us how to put emotion back into business. Joe Simpson will be helping us to make conscious choices in our speaking businesses. And Robert Craven will be asking why people should book us and what makes us different from the rest. Plus, there's Tim Bean sharing his tips to stay healthy and strong when speaking. And Hayley Foster beaming in live from Virginia with her thoughts on how to give short talks and TED talks. I hope to see you there. Now, let's welcome our second world champion to the show, Ed Tate. Along with Darren LaCroix, he spoke at PSA London, PSA Cardiff, PSA Leeds and PSA Thames Valley. Uh, they bounded around the country like um, a couple of mad March hares. Well, Ed has slightly more hair than Darren. He's also a bit taller. In fact, he reminds me a bit of Barack Obama, but I haven't told him that. He was world champion of public speaking in 2000, the year before Darren. And he's billed as the speaker who energizes, educates and entertains. It has been a trip of a lifetime. It's mm. a great deal of fun. We started off in, in Brussels and we did a couple cities there. And then we've been here in the UK for the past week and mm. it's been absolutely amazing. And for me, it's been very special mm. because uh, coming to, to Great Britain has been like one of my bucket list items. Has it? Yes, it's always been a dream. I've you So know, you can die now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But uh, the people are, are super friendly. They've been, you know, very encouraging. Uh, today uh, we learned uh, about trains. Uh, we actually had to, had to take three trains to get here. We took a combination of the uh, you, what you call it, the tube or tube, the underground. The, yeah. the, the, we took the underground plus yeah. uh, several other trains today, and uh, literally making each train just in the nick of time. So. Yeah. Did you hear the special announcement on the tube that tourists always love? What's that? Mind the gap. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's different expressions here, yeah. different phrases that we've heard here. So, for example, for us, yeah. You know, uh, uh, our nicknames are World Champions of Public Speaking. Yeah. We quickly discovered that WC does not stand for World Champion. No. <laughs> it's, it's a toilet here, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I was in a restaurant, and I asked the, the, the man for, like, you know, where's the restroom or, mm. or the toilet? And he says, it's over there. Mm. And there was this, I just saw, you know, WC. Yeah. And I just, I walked right past it. And uh, yeah. and, it, and I said, where's the restroom? And another guy tells me, mm. it's right over there. Mm. And I never knew what WC stood for until. It's very weird. And, and particularly yes. in London, in pubs now, there's a real trend towards being so obscure as to which is the man's and which is the woman's. Sometimes it's just an M or a W. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a picture. 
there's one that's just got a bull and a cow, and you think, <laughs> right, and you're looking at, you know, you've had, you've had a few drinks, and you check now which one. Looks, I think that's my one, which is a bit bonkers. Oh. So how how did you uh, did you have to change your act at all to fit a UK audience? You know, it's really. I'm glad you you brought that up. Mm. Um, let's see, I. Because I noticed both of you. Well, I saw you on Saturday, yes. and now we're on Thursday. So you'll have done three gigs since then, and 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 you kept you guys kept saying on Saturday, "Oh, sorry, are we being too American?" Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Don't you? We love the fact that you've been American. That's what makes you." Well, different. tonight we didn't yeah. apologise. No, don't. We did, you know we. Um, you we, can't help it. You, you know you weren't blessed by being born British. <laughs> you know you've you've done your best, uh, and we love you for it. We've grown up with American telly. You know we've we've grown up with all the humour, the mash, and Cheers, and mm. Friends, and all of that stuff. Yeah, Seinfeld. You know, and you're like none of those. Don't know why I went, don't know why I mentioned. Them. Sorry, yeah, I'm, I, I keep asking you questions and then not giving you time. No, Kids. no, no, no worries. No, uh, the uh, the one thing that. Um, we were we were warned against that you know well you know the Brits they won't you know they you know they won't raise their hands and they won't participate. No, we won't. And there was one t- you kept saying that saying raise your hands if you do this, and I thought I'll raise my hands when I want to, young man. Well, you know, through almost every single session that we've had people raising their hands. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw the session we did earlier. We had everyone dancing and things of that nature. Mm. Got an email from a guy says Brits don't do this, and all you know Europeans mm. don't do this. I'm thinking that's well, isn't it interesting? Have you not seen our videos? Because mm. we actually have been recording, you know, Brits and you know Europeans standing and doing mm. all these other things. Here's the thing I've learned: you have to be yourself. Absolutely. Um, we did one session where we said, okay, well maybe we're being too over the top. And we were conservative, mm. and I would I would say that was a one session that we did that we when we walked away, you know, I says you know that wasn't us, mm. you know that wasn't us, and we decided you know what we're just going to play full out and be proud of who we are, and if and people there's there's three groups of people in audiences people who love you people who hate you and there's people who's all, who are on the fence mm. the people who hate you there's nothing to do about that they've already made up their mind uh, the people on the fence and the people who love you then you should talk to that that particular group mm. so we decided that we're going to play full out be ourselves and and take it from there because otherwise you if if we dummy it down mm. then we're not being ourselves and we're not being authentic and we're not being real and mm. the good news about this business is there's room for everyone there's mm. room for all different types of voices mm. there's no one particular style that needs to dominate mm. at least that's the way i think of it and we all have preconceptions. When I came to see you two guys, and I knew you'd both Toastmasters champions, and, and I'm a little bit with Toastmasters. I'm like, oh, they're always mad about evaluating, and, and there's always this, be nice, then be critical, and then be nice again. I thought, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want them to be nice. And then you came on, and you just said, can we give you real feedback? And then, <laughs> and then you just destroyed people, and I thought, yes, this is what I want to see some dreadful speakers destroyed. And these Americans are literally bombing these guys, and that was great. But, but every single person that you gave brutal feedback, I think, liked it and, and felt benefit of it. Well, I think we give the feedback that... People don't tell you. Mm. People don't. What happens is, oh, that was nice, etc. You know, but they don't tell you what they're really thinking. We have eliminated mm. that filter, and it's not the intention of making people feel bad or humiliate them. Just telling them the truth. Mm. I think when we tell people the truth, then they can they can get better from there. Mm. They've got something to work with, and they got some very specific steps or actions that they can take. Mm. So it's it's not about making them feel bad. It's about providing them with accurate information as we see it. Mm. Um, and, and, and helping them to get better. Mm. Now you've got your tour T-shirts, yes, which I thought were great because you, you like rock stars. <laughs> hey, look at those guys; they're so cool. Belgium, and you've got the, you went to Cardiff and London and mm. Reading and all all of these places. Mm-hmm. How is is there one bit of advice you could give British speakers in general how we can be a bit more rock star? 
Because, you know, we're, we're a little bit reserved, aren't we? A bit laid back. How can we be a bit more... Yeah, I think if you focus on... Everyone has a different topic and everyone has a different subject. Hmm. And the thing I would invite them to do is... my here, I'm going to share with just my philosophy. Yeah. And take what you want from my philosophy. My philosophy is... It's not to be a speaker or give a speech. It is A, to give results or give answers to people who solve problems. That's, that's one approach. But I want to do it in an entertaining way that uh, it makes it memorable, memorable and an experience. Mm. So for me, my philosophy is always to create an experience. Mm. I want to create something that people talk about where we create a buzz. Mm. And if you create a buzz, they're constantly talking about your content. They're, con they're talking about your ideas. Mm. I cannot tell you the number of times that a customer or a client has says, they're still talking about what you did four or five years ago. Mm. And that makes you relevant, and they're still talking about your content. Mm. You know, that's probably the most important thing. I want people to be more impressed with themselves, that is the audience, as opposed to people being impressed with me. Um, if you're impressed with me, then you may say to yourself, I can't do that. But if I, if I do something and you walk away impressed with yourself and thinking I can do this, mm. then I've changed a life. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, so it's more about your effect rather than you. You don't want the applause, you want recognition, you know, oh, I've done something for that person. I, I, want, I want the audience walking away thinking mm. I can do this. Yeah. So I think, and uh, so the, going back to your original question, by any means necessary. And what I mean by that is maybe every now and then stretch yourself. Mm. Uh, a Brit who I was one of my coaches, her name is Patricia Fripp. She's mm. the first female president of the National Speakers Association. Mm. She's also in the Speaking Hall of Fame. Mm. A year ago, she said to me, she says, Ed, I want you to stretch. She says, you've been playing it safe. Mm. I want you to stretch. She says, your next keynote that, and we do a project together in Las mm. Vegas. She says, I want you to stretch outside of the boundaries. Mm. I gotta tell you, I stretched so far, I thought the rubber band was gonna mm. break. Yeah. But I'm so proud of the work. And, it's, and it was the best advice she ever gave me. So I'm, I'm inviting everyone to stretch, stretch mm. beyond. And here's something else. Um, I think part of my training is I used to work for a company called CareerTrack, which is a professional seminar company. Hmm. I used to speak 125 days a year, full day workshops and seminars. And the best advice they gave us was about feedback, specifically the, evalu the evaluation forms. Hmm. Um, you're never as good as a 10, which is like you know uh, a perfect 10, yeah. and you're never as bad as a one. The truth is someplace in between. But that's only evaluating the experience or the event, the workshop, the seminar, the keynote. Mm. True results come later. The real results come a day later, a week later, a month later, maybe even a year later. Mm. So my customers and my clients, executives who I deal with, we actually have a conversation about what behavior change have we witnessed over the past three months, the last six months, over the last year. Mm. That's how I'm evaluated. So I'm inviting you to A, um, have conversations with your clients about uh, the results that have been produced over the next year or so. And also don't get so caught up in what other people say. Mm. Um, I got an email from a, uh, a, a gentleman who, well-meaning, good intention, Brit. Mm. You know, Brits don't raise their hands. We don't do this, we don't no. do that. Send you an email afterwards complaining. Why, oh, why? Lots of emails start, why, oh, why? <laughs> must, you know, I've, I've worked a lot of my career for the BBC, and, yeah. the, and B, the Brits love the BBC, but they also feel like they can criticise it. Why, oh, why? Must the background noise in dramas be so loud? <laughs> or or the, the complaint you get most is that, do you realise that the steam train noise you used in that radio play was from a steam train that was only ever used on the West Country lines, and this play was set in the north <laughs> of England? It ruined my enjoyment. 
Yeah, sorry. I've gone, wow. I've gone down a, a bit of a sideline there. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. But here's the point. That gentleman, he was speaking for all of England mm -hmm. and all of Europe. Okay, who elected him? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And here's what I've discovered. What did he say then? Well, I mean, basically it was just like, you know, no, no English, no, no Brits or no European would want to do all these quote-unquote American things. Yeah. But uh, let's ignore that part. Hmm. He made an assumption about entire populations. He's assuming that everyone is monolithic and they mm. think the same. That is the biggest mistake you can make in marketing yourself, mm. assuming that the entire population is the same. Mm. That's why mass marketing advertising doesn't work anymore. Mm. Everyone's an individual, so you have to treat people as such. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing you must have realized is that you probably thought that there's a people called the Brits, and then you get here and you find the Scots are very different to the Welsh, oh, and the, oh, the, Welsh. the English, and the Irish love yes. telling stories, and, and then in the, in the north of England, they, you know, they, they've got, they, they quite like sort of uh, fairly rough sort of stories, you know, and, and it's a real hard drinking culture, and, like, and in the south we're very reserved and very polite, and mm -hmm. you know, that's where I'm from, that's why I'm making the south sound better, but you know. <laughs> And then people in the Midlands are, you know, somewhere in between. And, you know, every area is completely different. Even, yes. yes. You know, so you, you can't do a show to Brits. So I think you just have to, like you say, be yourself. Yes. Um, and we don't mind if you make us jump up and down because we probably quite enjoy jumping up and down because we haven't done it before because no British person would ever ask us to do that. I'm going to tell you, I saw some moves today yeah. that would put most Americans to shame. You know, so it was, uh, it was quite enjoyable, a great deal of fun. And again, I've, I've enjoyed uh, our tour. There's more details on Ed at edtate.com. Tate is spelled T-A-T-E. You're listening to Moving Voices, the PSA podcast with me, Jeremy Nicholas. I haven't really said who I am, but that's because it's not about me. It's about the organisation, which if you're interested in professional speaking, you really should think about joining. But if you do want to find out who I am, just visit jeremynicholas.co.uk, if only to see my speaker show reel, which was made by my dog and doesn't feature me at all. Right, let's end with Darren LaCroix. One of the best bits about the sessions that Darren and Ed did with the PSA region meetings uh, was the feedback that they gave to speakers. In this last bit, listen out for me giving Darren some feedback on what he was doing wrong, because um, as a fellow of the PSA, it is my duty to help coach others, even if they are world champions and probably don't want it or need it. Well, I've, I've really enjoyed your things. I think there were probably about three things I disagreed with in an hour. And, wow. And, uh, wow, because I only said four things. You only said four things. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I, I, when I can get you to laugh, it's yeah. a beautiful day. Yeah. Do you want me to tell you what those three things are? Please. Do you want me to do it privately or, or on you, the... I'm a wide open man. Go for it. Yeah. So the, the one, the, there was one thing when uh, you coached somebody and they came out and they started talking straight away and you went, that shows lack of confidence and you should stand there for a little bit and look around and do that. And I just thought, no, I disagree with that. I think just go straight for it because I think that is a real Toastmasters coaching type thing. And when I see someone come and stand up like, and plant their feet hip width apart and breathe and look around, I think, oh, they've been coached by Toastmasters. And I would just much rather they're natural. You're allowed to be wrong. I'm <laughs> cool with that. <laughs> but, you know, when I come out, I just go, go for it straight away. Uh, I, I know, Honestly, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. No. I just think it's more powerful to create your own connection yeah. with some silence. So yeah. even if you don't plant and you have a different style, and mm. once you reach a certain point in speaking, now it becomes a style thing yeah. as opposed to here's how you should do it. Mm. Uh, it's actually Robert Fripp, Patricia Fripp's brother, the famous rock star, yeah. uh, who said that you have to master a technique in order to abandon it. 
So once you master it, you can do it your own way. But at the beginning, uh, the reason I bring it up is because a lot of new emerging speakers are so nervous yeah. that they can't not say anything. Yeah. It's so hard for yeah. them. So for them, it's a confidence thing. For you, it's also a style thing. Mm -hmm. So we're both right. Absolutely. And I said there was three, and I think there's only two, actually, because okay. I'm a journalist and I exaggerate. The, <laughs> and the, other, the other thing was that it was just a little bit too American for a British audience, was when you said, write this down. And and, and I just thought, we'll write this down if we want to. <laughs> you know, we'll wait and see if it's worth writing down. Sure. It's just literally that kind of thing. And I think that's a very American direct way. And that's very fair. I'll give you that one. And I realize that, we, you know, sometimes we don't talk to each, to each other for years until someone introduces us. You know, we, I could be at a PSA event and I've got to wait for someone I know to introduce me, whereas you guys are all just straight out there, aren't you? But I've really enjoyed all your stuff and, and you and Ed are so funny together. It's a great double act. Are you going to keep this going now? Absolutely. We, we do a lot of boot camps together in Vegas and love working with each other. That's why we chose to do the trip together mm. because we play off each other well. And, you know, it's... Mm. Honestly, being a speaker on the road alone yeah. really is challenging. Yeah. So we just said, hey, let's go do this together, have some fun and help some people and build our list and, and see and what happens. between you and me while he's not here, are you going to keep keep the routine where he's the straight man or are you, or, <laughs> or you going to start giving him some funny lines? Uh, well, I'll be curious how his interview comes out when I'm not here. But uh, no, I, I it's really whoever goes first. See, it's hard because I would usually yeah. will have Wise, Weisenheimer... Uh, yeah. Weisenheimer lines from the back of the room, wise ass lines, I'll say it, yeah. from the back of the room. But if, uh, you know, it's an interesting comedy principle that if they're hearing him speak and they haven't met me yet, it can come across as mean yeah. because they don't know our relationship. So there's so many lines I wanted to say, but I couldn't because I would have looked like the bad guy. Yeah. So that's why when we do boot camps, we each do a little bit and then we go for the day and we tell people, hey, are you okay if we tease each other? But mm. then they know and they understand and you, there's no turn off that way. That so, was a great thing you did as well where you said to people, Am I, are you all right for feedback? And every time you checked with people, can I give you feedback before you completely destroyed them? <laughs> but it was nice to have permission but to it was destroy nice. people. Can I do I have permission to completely destroy you? Yes, you do, Darren. And, and, then, and then you did. And honestly, once in a while, people will say no and I respect that mm. because some people their self-esteem can't take the feedback especially in front of their peers yeah so it's it's a challenge to say yes but I just got permission and, and I but I will respect if somebody says no yeah and one last thing it's fine to say wise ass here that's fine <laughs> because ass here is a donkey what you can't ah. say is wise ass wise ass <laughs> I'll work on my pronunciation yeah listen I really hope that I'll see you again pleasure in, Jeremy I in, hope so in Vegas one day please let me know Nice I've got Darren. a guest room. Darren LaCroix there, and it sounds like I can stay with him if I want to in Vegas whenever I'm there. And that, of course, is legally binding because he's mentioned it on the wireless. So that's it from Moving Voices, the PSA podcast. I hope to see you at the PSA Spring Convention on April the 12th. But if you can't make that, please drop me a line about the show via my website, jeremynicholas.co.uk. The show was produced and presented from the studios of Talking Toolbox in London. More on the Professional Speaking Association of UK and Ireland, please visit thepsa.co.uk. See you next time.